Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Rachel Young, a true crime goddess. Keith Steigert, Uber Reader and Romance Junkie. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. Rachel! Is that Bucky Beaver on your shirt? No, or is that a sod a, poodle? It's a sod poodle. Wait, what the hell is a sod? What the sh- What? That's one weird looking fucking thing. You're going to have to take a picture of that and put it up on the on the uh, uh, website. Oh my God, yeah. It's, a prairie, it's another name for a prairie dog. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. What'd you call it? A a sod sod poodle. Sod poodle. I seriously want you to take a picture of it and send it to me, dude. Oh, hell. I'll take a picture of the mascot. Oh, yeah, that. Okay. I don't understand. Wait, what is it a mascot for? Tom. The local AAA or minor league baseball team. Does that scare anybody? If it's a prairie dog, like, what the hell? They all have weird ass names. Put the, put the, we want to see it a little. Put your chest up a little bit so we can see it better. It looks like. Is it chewing it on It looks wheat? like Joe Camel. It does look it like does. Joe Camel. It's got, got an angry one. eye on it, one side. It's Joe Camel if he had to quit smoking. Guess what it is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's chewing on that fixation. piece of wheat. It's like Guess ju- what his name is? What? Pedro. Ruckus. <laughs> boy, ruckus. So Tom calls him Fuckus Ruckus. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's funny. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to tell my husband about that one because I've never heard that in my life. I did not know that's what it stood for. I thought it was some kind of derogatory slang for something else. Because I heard Tom talk about the sod poodles a bunch of different times when they were up here. Poodles are the worst. They are. I do not like poodles. Have never liked poodles. My dog could be part poodle. She's right here, you asshole. I can't believe you would say that. I had poodles my whole life. I'm okay with it. Are you offended? I'm offended. As if. As if you guys didn't know how I feel. We want to hear something funny before we get off of the mascot thing. Tyler filled out an application to be the mascot for the uh, Dodgers. Oh, Jesus. He would be the perfect <laughs> mascot for the Dodgers. That would be hilarious. <laughs> he would die. He would lose weight. Yeah. He would sweat. Oh, my God. Being in a mascot costume is like a fate worse than death. Yeah. There's nothing worse than, be- well, being in Louisiana in a. In a mascot costume in Florida would be the worst. I can't even cover up with blankets at night without dying and sweating. Can you imagine being in a fucking fur costume? I could not. I could not. And after, you know. um, Let me tell you about my experience about being in a fur costume. (laughs) I was. I was in. (laughs) Not like that. Um, When I was in drama club. We dressed up like the Wizard of Oz characters and were in a parade for the for the Mayville Ice Festival. So it's in January in New York. So, Keith, you know how cold it is up there in January. And I'm wearing a Powerly Lion outfit. Yes. And I had to 
take clothes off because <laughs> I was so hot walking you around mean, in that outfit what? in January. Hey, I'm naked under here. <laughs> well, I wasn't Talk naked. About nipple but... chafing. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Woo! Uh, well, this one time in drama club, <laughs> <laughs> I had the worst tape nipples oh. ever. <laughs> oh, Wonder how those furries do it, dude. Ugh. Especially oh, furries in the South. Wait, I right? have a question, Bonnie. Did you play the cowardly lion in the drama club's adaptation of Wizard of Oz for your school? No, we didn't actually put on the play. We just dressed up. But I was in another play. I was in the play, um, The Mouse That Roared. Mm-hmm, yep. I was in that play. That was the only play that the drama club put on that year. But we did um, parades and like stuff like that. And I have, I really have no clue why we were the Wizard of Oz, but that's what they wanted. So that's what we dressed up. You as. had the costumes laying there? I guess maybe that's the only ones they had. <laughs> and how many other people had been in that costume? Well, ew, ew. See, how that's, many furries? I was just gonna. Ooh. So I was just <laughs> I gonna. It smelled a little funny. In tell there. you guys. All right. The, oh, the we have a mascot costume for one of our radio stations. The cat. <laughs> oh no! And I'm telling. I'm so, so surprised that somebody has not caught MRSA from that cat. <laughs> Because that thing is so gross and so an old. And I don't know for sure if it's ever been cleaned, but I don't think it has. Imagine how much it would be to clean that thing. I think somebody came in looking for Lysol one day. And and I was like, well, can I have this back? I don't know if there'll be any left or we need it for the cat suit. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's funny. Dang. Just burn it. Just do yeah, it. Seriously. Get a new it. one. It's How right. much could a cat suit cost? From? Excuse me, this is a radio station. Shoestring bu budget doesn't even cut it. <laughs> that suit is probably where COVID originated from. Probably. Oh, yeah, you better watch out. Biden's it wasn't a bad after all. It was the cat mascot suit. Yep, that's it. Look, it wasn't a bad, it was a cat. So <laughs> exactly, exactly what I'm saying. Uh-oh, look for what you Abby. You've offended and Abby. Now she has to sit oh. down there. Actually, she Sorry, probably, baby. So I said what I said. So there. Abby, you can pee on something of Martha's and we'll send it to you. I love you, Abby. You're such a sweet girl. Such a sweet girl. Okay, well, not to change the subject or anything, but I have got to uh, mention this because this is hilarious. Hold on. Two seconds. I need a cracker. My stomach is killing me. She just randomly gets nauseous. Is she pregnant or what? <laughs> I think maybe. <laughs> Except nice. she doesn't have any parts left. <laughs> uh, She's pregnant in her big toe. She's the new Jesus baby carrier. <laughs> Knew it. I didn't even think Martha was Catholic. Call her Mary. <laughs> well, she was. She was married in a Catholic church. See? Remember? Anytime oh. you do that shit, immaculate conception. That's mm. it. There's no virgin birth here. We're just talking virgin well, pregnancy. It wouldn't be a virgin birth for you. Oh, excuse me. Those don't look like crackers. Bonnie, are those These crackers? These things are freaking delicious. What the hell is it? It's dried mangoes. Dried mangoes. Well, that's oh, I love those, but that's like that's not a cracker. cracker. Well, you know, eating crackers in front of Bonnie is, makes me supremely uncomfortable. But my stomach is hurting so bad, you just guys. Just eat them. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I, I, I just got back from a remote. So I didn't have the chance to eat. 
Should we pull out the mom card since all three of you are moms? Do you need to poop? Where's the ginger ale? Oh, that makes my stomach hurt unless it's diet. I'm sorry. That's just a sugary mess. Ginger ale? Yeah, I don't like ginger ale either. My mother used to make me uh, drink like the juice from juice, like, like a fruit cocktail, like canned. Like she would just pour the juice. Dude, she swears. Oh, man. That would make me sick. Was it at least cold? No. I think I'd rather drink pickle juice. Just dump some of the pickle juice out of the jar. Pickle juice would help your stomach, but. I'm going to say I'd rather spray Windex on it from my big (laughs) bag. Right? (laughs) You drink that, you're really going to have a stomach ache. Right? Don't give them any ideas. Wait, I thought that was Lysol. No, it was bleach. It was bleach, but you know, you mix bleach. You mix, mix bleach and Windex, and you're going to have some issues, okay? Let's call it what it is. In my line of work, I've been wanting to ingest bleach and Lysol for years before that, so they didn't corner that market. They're stealing Just give them a Tide ideas. Pod and be done with it. Mm-hmm. Do they make antibacterial Tide Pods? Because if so, I'd be onto that. They make laundry soap that's antibacterial. I don't know if Tide Shut does. Up. Who makes it? It's not I one 12. I buy. You don't want to get too crazy with antibacterial stuff because you don't really need it because soap hey, will kill it. Don't tell me my life. I'm just saying, you don't want to make those bugs any stronger than they already are. They become resistant. They evolve. Okay, I'll lick the floor every, like, once a week. It'll balance itself out. <laughs> so I work in a hospital. I should be able to kill shit in my house. I probably inhale and touch a bunch of other shit when I go to work. All right, you got yeah, a new name true. now. Floor liquor. Floor. Nice. We're going to call you uh, Flow for short. Flow. Flow liquor. Flow liquor. Floor Can I be window liquor instead? What? No, liquor? that's too many syllables. We'll call man. you Winnie for window liquor. <laughs> Winnie. Winnie. I'm okay with that. I kind of like that. <laughs> People be like, how'd you get that nickname? Oh, I drink Windex, you know. And your fucking business, that's how. <laughs> <laughs> Eat a sod poodle. No, they're so cute. Did you know they bark? Did you know that sod poodles carry the plague? So do rats. Rats. I thought it was. um, They don't stand up on their little hind legs to guard their home. They don't. You're not supposed to get a cute mascot. Like you're supposed to get something that instills fear. That's why they made it look like Joe Camel eating a fucking weed. One of the teams in our league is made for Martha. They're called the Rock Hounds. Nice. Yeah. Chuck a rock at it. See if they can recover from that shit. Yeah. (laughs) That ain't happening. Somebody's getting a concussion. Hey, that would make baseball a little more interesting. Yeah, I know. I mean, I like baseball. I like going to the games. Did I ever tell you guys about my uh, my one and only Major League Baseball game? Did you bring? You've only been to one Major League Baseball game ever. Yep. Do you guys not have a team? Uh, Denver has a team, and we went right after they built the stadium in 1995, or or sometime around that time they built it. You brought a book, didn't you? I did, and I got so in trouble for that. (laughs) Did they catch you on, like, the video camera? Ron was so pissed. There was hardly anybody there, and it was like, everybody's so good that nobody ever hits the ball. And when they do hit the ball, somebody catches it. And it's just like nothing ever happens. You sit there the whole fucking time. It's like the most boring thing I've ever been to. So what did I do? 
I did what I always do when I'm bored. I pulled out a book. I go to my kids' like band concerts and stuff, and I sit in the very back of the auditorium, but I read books. I got- Pay attention to when my kid is like on, but there's like, oh, here's the fifth and sixth grade, and then the seventh and eighth grade, and then the orchestra that my kid's not. It's just like, it's so many things. I tell you, a lot of book girls get through kids' sports events by listening to audio when nobody knows what that's what you're doing. Yeah, you have to listen to audio because let me tell you, if I didn't cheer for Tyler from the sidelines a little bit, he would be disappointed. See, Dylan would get mad at me. Mom, shut up. So I am a big believer in reading reviews. FYI, if you listen to this podcast, review us. I'll read it. So whenever I go onto Amazon and I look for stuff, I read the reviews. And I was looking for room fresheners because this the duplex that I just moved into kind of smells a little musty. Like I think it's kind mm-hmm. of an older house and you know how older houses sometimes smell a little musty. And I come across this one. Last year, my wife and I scored a great deal on a new home here in Michigan. Apparently the home was the site of a multiple murder and the owner was a convicted serial killer. Obviously, nobody was willing to buy the place, so it equated to a great deal for my family. Then he goes on to say, after moving in, we started to experience an odd odor from the home's crawl space. I swear I've never experienced anything like it. Something clearly was down there rotting. So I purchased these odor beads and they worked. It only took 50 or 60 of them in the crawl space before the air in our house immediately approved. I plan on ordering more of these great odor beads before next year's spring thaw. Oh, that can't be a real review, can it? It's a real review. It was on Amazon. Somebody actually put this on Amazon. They put like garbage on Amazon. Have you ever looked up Haribo gummy? Gummy bears, those have the best reviews ever. And you know they can't be true. It was just, well, at first I was reading it and I was like, oh, well, okay, yeah. It would be a cheaper house. house that is see, and if I think, body. See, I think we need people to do reviews for us like that. Like hilarious ones like that. Yes. We would read them on the podcast, Yes, people. we would. Give us some good reviews on Apple and um, wherever you get your podcast and then be sure to <laughs> Let us know where it is so we can go read it. And we will shout you out for your cool reviewing skill. Yeah. Or on our website. It actually alerts me when we get a new review on Does the it? website. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Threebookgirls.com. So if you're trying to hide the smell of a dead body, either take it to the Badlands and leave it out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> or buy some of these odor beads. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need to know the name of those for whenever Tom pisses me off. <laughs> I have, you can write a review of your own. I have a five-gallon bucket coming. I still think it's easier to take the body to a pig farm, but whatever. That's yeah, a but good idea. then I'd have to, like, chop it up, put it in my trunk. You don't have to chop it up. They'll eat Pigs it. will eat it. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know if it'll fit in my trunk. I wouldn't be able to put it in my trunk. <laughs> the guy's dead. Bend him over. He's fine. And yeah, then, I mean, bigger. I put my mm. groceries back there. I mean. I'll just put um, a sharp down. It's okay. 
I don't know. Unless she if picks one of us sign. ever does anything like that, we're in big trouble because, you know, we put all our secrets out there for everyone to hear. I know. I should not tell everybody about my pig farm ideas because I oh, might need them. actual secrets. I'm not telling you. Book guys. girls <laughs> have the best secrets because we've read all the books and know all the plots that's and true. know how not to get caught. Don't fuck with a book girl. That's my advice. They had Tom Selleck on the Friends reunion. I'm sorry. I know that he's older than shit, but he's still so pretty. <laughs> I love his voice even. I mean, he talks and I'm like, see, that's what attracts uh, me. I think I was thinking about that the other day. Such it's a voice. voice. How old is Tom Selleck? Tom Selleck has to be like, he's gotta, gotta be, be like 78. 80. Oh my gosh. He's let's check. Echo. How old is Tom Selleck? Tom Selleck is 76 years old. That was very close. Seventy six. Do this at carnivals. Yeah, I, I would. Def- I would break my own rules. Echo dismiss. He would, would be like on. He would be on my laminated Why? card. He was I don't. Born in nineteen forty five, Vonnie. I don't care if he has he to was pop born a couple right pills after before World him. War Two. Well, then he would have stories to tell me. What his net worth is forty five mil. No wonder Vonnie wants to put her on. Put him on her laminated card. I have liked him ever since he was on. What the hell was he on in the 80s? Magnum P.I. Magnum P.I. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I used to watch that when I was like 10 years old going. <sighs> he did have a pretty impressive mustache. <laughs> and he wore those, <laughs> those tight, ooh, yeah. teeny tight freaking shorts. Yeah. He had some legs back then. He probably still has some legs. <laughs> he is 6'3". Mm. Is he really? What? Hmm. That's what Google said. He doesn't seem that tall. He seems tall, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, he's pretty. Okay, for the next episode, we've got to talk about the laminated card because Vonnie didn't get in on any oh, of that. Oh, yes. I never got to do my people. I... Right, so we have to do that. I would have to pencil people in because... See, I left I left my fifth one open as a wild card. As a wild okay, card? Okay, this yeah. is the point, you guys. You saw the episode, Vaughty. I don't you care. You can't leave people open. You can't pencil it in. The point is, when you meet Isabella Rossellini and you took her off because she's international and not local, then you can't sleep with her. That's no, the whole point. No, here's the thing. Otherwise, you, cheating's too easy. No, you only get asked- one wild card in your lifetime. <laughs> And it has to be somebody super famous. If Isabella Rosalini came up to me in a coffee shop and said, how you doing? <laughs> I would be, <laughs> bye guys. See you later. Don't come home for at least 45 minutes. <laughs> 45 minutes? Come on. You've got to give her at least two hours okay. for a woman. A woman yeah. can go for longer because, you know, multiple orgasms. For awesome. No, women's jobs get tired too. Well, yeah, that's true. But you what'd know. you say? What? Her tongue would get tired. <laughs> I said women's jaws get tired. Junk. Jaws. Oh, jaws. I said junk. Jaws. That's funny. Yeah, I, I, I. That's why you gotta have the Tracy's dog nearby. <laughs> Rachel. You always make sure that it's fully charged, just in case Isabella Rosalini says, <laughs> "What's in your drawer?" <laughs> My yeah, how terrible would tired. that be? You got, to be anything, you got anything in there? 
<laughs> you don't want to be unprepared for in case Isabella Rosalini. In case the wild the card bomb. comes over. Yeah. That's somebody that you want to make sure to impress. You don't want her going back to her international friends saying, yeah, I met this weirdo at the coffee shop and it wasn't worth it you want him to her to say it was so fucking fantastic go to this coffee shop and look for vani yeah, but- <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna write it on the bathroom wall vani has the most awesome jaws ever <laughs> i'm with you wild cards they have to be on your list yep gotta have a wild card on there only one though I'm not leaving it open to, to everybody. Just the one wild card, and it has to be somebody super famous. I'm not talking B-list. And mean- seriously, that's the worst pickup ever when you go over to them and you say, hey, you're got a spot on my wild card. <laughs> say, you hey, didn't baby. make it to my list, but you could be my wild slot. I think they'd be flattered. I really do. I mean, look at not this. with who, a wild card position. Who wouldn't want to do this right here? Look at this nose. It's it's stately. I'm just saying. It's a they strong would be, nose. They would feel privileged if they were in your top four. If they're the pencil me in slot. They don't have really. to know if it's that they, that they're just the wild card. They don't need to know that. Well, if you laminate it, they're going to know it. You don't have to show it to them. Come on. They're going to want to see it. Bella Rosalini wanted to see the card. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're going to want to see it. You guys are harsh in my vibe. Knock it off. Sheesh. Maybe go play with your vibrator. You'll feel better. Go get Tracy's dog. But could you wait until we're done with the podcast? God, why does she call it that? Because it sounds so dirty then. It's like, hey, the dog's coming. Who calls what the what now? It's the brand of her vibrator. That's the brand of that vibrator that we put on our website is called tracy's dog why ask tracy you guys we're 60 minutes in you guys know that biden's coming to oklahoma city the first week in june right because it is the 100th anniversary of the tulsa race riots and massacre i know it's been in the news a lot lately and truthfully i didn't know a lot about it so i decided to read a book about that this week sweet And I figured out why I didn't know very much about it, because it was swept under the rug for 50 years. And it's still not in any of the history books. That is just so... Oklahoman? Yeah, just so not surprising for here. Yeah. So this book kind of is an account from a bunch of different perspectives of what happened that day. Uh, So what I read this week was called The Burning by Tim Madigan. What started all of this, besides the the whole, you know, segregation and KKK tortures and everything else that black people were having to deal with all of the time, is that there was a gentleman, a black gentleman, named Dick Rowland, and he was a little sweet on this girl, white girl, named Sarah. She was she lived in Missouri. She left her husband under kind of janky circumstances. Sarah was a girl of questionable morals, basically. Mm. She left her husband, actually not even left her husband. She ran off from her husband. She R-U-N-N-O-F-T. Run off. <laughs> <laughs> and um, in 1921, a black man 
could be arrested for even smiling at a white woman. And they had a little flirtation thing going on. And he really liked her. And, you know, he took the elevator purposely so that he could spend some time with her. So what happened was one of the times that he was trying to get in the elevator, he tripped and fell into her. And this is his account. It never says what she said happened. And like bumped into her and like grabbed her arm to steady himself because he was falling. Well, she screamed assault and he was arrested. And in 1921 in Oklahoma, it was not against the law for a mob to kill a black person. I mean, obviously, the KKK was full force, talking thousands of members in Tulsa, Oklahoma, including the sheriff and a lot of the political leaders, and nobody got arrested for anything that happened. So Dick Rowland goes to jail. Though a bunch of white members of Tulsa try to form a lynch mob because they want to take him out and you know, provide their own source of judgment. And then a bunch of people from a community called Greenwood, which was about 34 square blocks of a black community, very well off and everything, wanted to stop it. And they were, you know, it was a big mob. It was a mess. And somebody fired off a gun. It never said who shot off the gun. I don't know if they ever ever even know. It could have just been an accidental shot in the air. You don't know. And that's what started the whole race massacre. And when I was reading this, I swear to God, it sounded like something that the Nazis would have done to a Jewish community. It did. I mean, I'm talking, they were like stringing people to their cars and driving off. They were setting houses on fires they were and this is while people were still in there if they were sick or whatever they didn't care they'd set the the house on fire and wait for the people to come out and shoot them jeez i i mean it was it was brutal it was horrible i just don't even understand and they set the whole community on fire the the white lynch mob did and um i have to say colors because yeah i have to specify right and the firemen were ordered by the <gasps> political people, by their bosses, not to fight the fires in the black community. To <gasps> only that's such garbage. To only fight the fires if they went into oh the my white God, community. God, I can't believe they haven't been teaching this. Holy crap! It I mean, was, I knew it was bad, but I didn't know it was. It was horrible. It was actually the worst America's worst race riot ever and the worst domestic mass murder like that since up until that time since the civil war of course the oklahoma city bombings beat that when that happened but until between the civil war and the oklahoma city bombings that was the worst domestic i mean domestic terrorism to tell you the truth i don't know if they ever call it that but well it was a hate it was a massive hate crime yeah yeah, so that's what this book is about. And Greenwood was called the Black Wall Street. And the reason why it was called that is Tulsa in the early 1900s, that's when the first oil in America was discovered, was in Tulsa. Uh-huh. So people got rich fast. 
Well, all of these rich people didn't want to do their own laundry. They didn't want to do their own lawns. They didn't want to do their own stuff. So they were hired black people to do this for them, to stock their shelves, to do their cooking, to shine their shoes and everything. So the, the black communities got rich right with the, the white communities because they were earning so much money, you know, off of the oil, the oil boom also. And so a lot of black people came to Tulsa, Oklahoma, because that was like the quote unquote promised land, because even though it was segregation, everything that was everywhere. These race massacres happened everywhere. The only reason the Tulsa one was so massive was because the community was so big because so many people had come in because of the oil. They can make a living. They were earning money. They had good schools. They were getting educated. There was black um, lawyers. There was black doctors. They had their own black hospital. I mean, it was a really well-off community. And one of the things that the author kind of touches on is that maybe, I mean, that the whites, they didn't like, the, the white people, the white community did not like that the black community was doing so well, that they had cars, that they had nice stuff, that they were prospering. They were becoming too uppity is what they said. I mean, it was, it was, I was listening to this book just going, oh my God, I can't believe this happened in America. I mean, I should know it happened in America. Look what we did to the Native Americans. Look what we did to Mm. the Japanese during World War II. I mean, we shouldn't be surprised to find stuff out like this, but we always are. Yeah. And I can't believe that they don't teach it. You know, maybe if they it, taught it in school, that maybe people would understand a little more why we have Black Lives Matter let and me everything just else. insert this as a little point of interest. Our governor just passed, uh, is it a law? I think it's a law. Yeah. That you can't teach certain subjects to Oklahoma in Oklahoma schools because it makes white children feel guilty. Maybe it should. That's what I said. I said, I want my child to understand. I want him to understand his privilege. I want him to feel a little guilty. Right, because you know what? If you know history, you won't repeat it. That's people exactly who do right. not history know history are bound to repeat it. So this is why we should talk about this. We should talk about these ma- these race riots and race massacres, and about the Nazis and about the bombings and about nine eleven and all of this horrible about the Native Americans, like all of this stuff that happened. Yeah, it's not good. It does not paint us in a good picture. A lot of the stories, a lot of the history. I shouldn't even say stories because it's history. It's true. But the only way we learn from it is by knowing. And later in the book, when he talks about the journalist who finally published the story about the, the race riot massacres in Tulsa 50 years after it happened, Nothing had been published and hmm. none of, I mean, the only people that knew about it was the, the older generation that lived in Greenwood and the people that survived it. All of the children didn't know nothing else. And he started 
finding out more about this massacre and he wrote an article about it in 1971 and he was getting threatening phone calls. He was getting people coming up to him on the street and threatening him. Somebody wrote a threatening message on his car outside of his house. He ended up having to move his wife and young son to another location because he was afraid for them until he finished and published the article. And then when he finished and published it, well, in 1971, there wasn't segregation, but it was still, there was still like, you know, your, your white papers and then the, the black papers that would print. None of the white papers would take his story. They wouldn't run it. They said it's a great story, but we can't run this because a lot of some of the people who were in power when all of that happened were still in power and they were afraid to. Everybody was afraid to. 1971 was not that long ago and it was still that bad. I was six years old in 1971. Yeah. So this this was a very educational and horrific book. I mean, the things that they, I just don't even understand how you could even do that to another human being. How you could tie somebody to the back of your car and take off at It hasn't high been speeds. that long ago since that happened in Texas. That happened in I Texas know. when I lived there. Oh, mm-hmm. I just, it just. It's because, it's because we're, people are so quick to dehumanize people they don't agree with or people that are different from them. Right. And that's how they do it because it's justification and dehumanization mm-hmm. and it's not right. And mob mentality is a thing, is like a phrase because it's it's a real thing. Yeah. You get around a bunch of people and everybody tries to one-up each other and everybody think, starts yep. thinking this is okay. Can anybody say January 6th? Mm. Yeah, and like January 6th, another thing that got the the juices flowing with the attack on the actual community itself is there was one journalist who published an article saying about how it was all of the black community's fault. And it was those oh. low class hooligan black people that were trying to take over the white communities and that everybody should do something about it. Oh. And people fucking listened. And that's why they, and that guy ended up prospering so much. He bought the whole paper. Oh, what an asshole. I mean, it, it made me think of January 6th yes, because it was also exactly what happened. things that were published, maybe not in the same way, but things that were said and things that were published that got everybody up into an uproar. And then look what happened. People die. Yeah. This book was right up there with my World War II books, I would have to say, with being just brutal. It was brutal. It was horrible. So if you want to learn more about the Tulsa and race for heaven's massacre. sake, please at least educate yourself a little bit about this so you can spread this information to the other generations because people need to understand it, that it wasn't that long ago that it happened and we need to not let it happen again. Right. We can't turn back into that again. We had four years of going backwards. We need to quit that. I just can't believe that people are that cruel. They're yeah. just horrible, horrible people. And that, again, was The Burning by Tim Madigan. I've never even heard of that. I've n- and The Tulsa race riots? Yeah. 
and the devastation was so huge it's pathetic that i've never heard of it yeah and one thing that they're doing and this is one of the reasons because i didn't know a lot about it either but it had been on the news before about um the mass graves because what they did because so many people Uh died they just loaded it up them up on trucks and buried them in mass graves I mean, that's something that they did in freaking Germany. I, yeah. The Nazis. I mean. Sometimes I'm just so disgusted by my fellow human beings. I mean, I'm disgusted by them every time I turn on the news. But And it, and it was one year ago that George Floyd was killed. Yeah, right. Well, we all watched. Yeah. Now that I really brought the room down. Jesus Christ. My books, <laughs> my Thanks, books are always bring. It's a good, that's why I go first is because we have to work back up to our calling ending. You, I'm going to start calling you Soul Shredder. That's actually a pretty cool that's name. That's an awesome name. That's an awesome name. Yep. That is, that is the, now officially Vonnie's name, the Soul the Shredder. Trauma born from the Soul Shredder. Yep. Okay. Now that we have had enough like trauma porn truck. for the day, Rachel, take off your fucking sweatshirt. <laughs> she's sitting there fanning herself and having a hot flash, and she's wearing a sweatshirt, folks. I thought you were sexually harassing her. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> you take, take it, it off, off, baby. Anyway, sorry. Um, Keith, you want to bring the room up? Could we please... <laughs> Wouldn't There's, it be sad? What if, what would you do if I like read some terrible, awful book this week? You'd be so sad. I just don't see it happening. <laughs> Rachel's like raising her hand because hers is awful too. I, I read a happy, lighthearted book. Good. Hooray. Okay. Bring it. Uh, so the book that I am reviewing this week is called Second First Impressions by Sally Thorne. And it is a book about... Uh, a young lady named Ruthie, she's about 25, and she has really, really religious parents. Her father is like a pastor, and they, uh, you learn that they're really, really disappointed in her, but you don't really know why, but everything she does is kind of just messed up, and she can't do anything right. And um, she never went to college, and you, and you kind of get that it's a punishment, but again, you don't know what she did that she couldn't go to college. She lives and she works in a retirement community, uh, not like a nursing home, but kind of like, you know, um, where people live in different houses and then there's like a big clubhouse kind of thing. So she, her job is to kind of keep an eye on, I think there's like 40 houses with different retirees in them. And so she just keeps an eye on the entire community and keeps an eye on all these people. Um, And there are two older ladies, like, and when I say older, they're like 88, 90, I think. And um, they're hysterical. They're really, really rich. And their job in life, they need a personal assistant to help them with all their stuff. And so they always hire young men so that they can terrorize them in different ways, like by giving them just awful, awful jobs. That's us when we're older. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the whole time that they're doing, 
oh, the things that they do, I'm like, oh, I got to write this shit down. Like, because that sounds awesome. I'm going to have my kids do that later. Like, but, <laughs> so these these older ladies, they lose their personal assistant. And um, so they come to Ruthie and they're like, Ruthie, you need to find us a new one. And they bring her an ad. And I don't remember what's in the ad, but it's like this ridiculous, like, like he has to be young and he has to be good looking and you have to be able to bounce a quarter off of his ass you know stuff like that <laughs> and um the retirement community has been bought by like a different conglomerate kind of thing and so the guy who's bought it comes to visit and he, they're they're thinking about turning it into not a retirement community anymore like bought bulldozing the whole thing and building like condominiums and touring it like turning it into like a touristy place so ruthie's worried because all these retirees would be out on their ass and she would be out of a job. And the guy has a son who is very charming and also like can't hold down a job. He's just kind of, uh, he's got this really long hair. He's got tattoos everywhere. He's kind of the black sheep of his family. And so of course, Ruthie thinks, Hey, I have a job to give you so she hires this poor guy named teddy and she gives them to the old ladies oh <laughs> um but teddy doesn't have a place to live so she lives in the duplex and he lives in the other side of the duplex and um he's a very good looking guy Ruthie is stuck in a rut. She she looks like she's a retiree. Like she has the long skirts and she's always got a cardigan on and the glasses with like the little like glasses holder. She wears her hair in a bun. So people are always kind of making fun of her because she dresses like an old lady. <laughs> and as soon as this guy comes into her her life, she can't get enough. Like she just loves his long black hair. Like she talks about it all the time. So she like looks at him because he's so pretty. And every time somebody catches her, even her friends, they're like, okay, just so you know, he's like way out of your league. Like he's really good looking and you are like, eh. so she gets this. Yeah. From everyone. And it's a really cute story because Teddy is this good looking guy with the tattoos. And so he doesn't feel like he's really seen as who he is. Ruthie doesn't feel like she's seen who as who she is because, and it's not one of those stories where, oh, like, you know, like Greece, where they both try to come down a little. It's more a story about how they both just get comfortable in who they are, even though everybody around them is kind of being like, what the heck? Because Teddy's like this rocker guy and his dad and his family have tons of money. So he should be this clean cut dude. Right. And she should be, she's 25. So she should be this. And she's, she could be good looking. They keep talking about, and you keep waiting for them to do makeovers or something. Happily, that does not happen. It's more of a book about just the two of them figuring out who they are. It's very sweet. It's touching. I would even go as far as to say it's stop. God damn it. You almost got through the whole thing. Fine, whatever. <laughs> Moist. <laughs> Crap. 
I give her way too. I give her way too much ammunition when I tell her my word is voice. What did I do? I had to hear that too. <laughs> See, don't offend Rachel what for else? something that I did, but it's a really sweet book. I really, really liked it. I gave it five stars. I've read a lot of books by this author. It's totally different from the stuff that she usually does, but it's really sweet and nice. And uh, that, again, was Second First Impressions by Sally Thorne. Awesome. Rachel's over there putting stickers on her nails and we're having to watch. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fucking angry because I'm trying to put one of the nail things on a, my toe because I don't have a toenail on my toe and I got made fun of. What happened to your toenail? That's a whole had, other story. She doesn't have, have a toenail. Had to have like toenail. ever? No, I had one, but it, I had to have it removed. Oh, okay. I thought you were injured. I was. I mean, I thought you were injured now, but. Abby gave me a black eye earlier, though. That's fun. Nice. Yeah. She's very So sensitive. wait, you're just going to stick a sticker on your skin? No, it's nail polish. Oh. She's in the sticker phase for. It's not a sticker. It's a sticker phase. It's nail polish, but it comes Why like in a sheet. Why don't you just leave it off? No. Because she she feels weird about having a mangled toe. It's not mangled. It didn't go through the shredder. <laughs> it's my shredder toe. <laughs> See the soul shredder and soul the mangled shredder toe. toe I'm just really good tonight. What do I have to say? Soul Friday shredder night podcasts are fire. <laughs> oh man. I don't know if, if I, I want was to drunk. Be... This would be really good. I'm <laughs> drunk for the podcast tomorrow. So, okay, Rachel, Rachel, bring us back down. <laughs> it's going to be a it. roller coaster. Ooh, 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 I will say, coaster. my book this week, it was still on the dark side, but for me, it was a little weird too. So, I've never heard of this author before. And this book is the first in a series. I don't think I'll read any more, but it was. It was an okay read. It's called Last Girl Gone. And it's the first book in the Laura Chambers mystery series. And it's by J.G. Heatherton. So uh, obviously, as you can tell by the title, we're following this specific um, woman named Laura Chambers. She is actually a journalist. And being that this is the first book, of course, you get a little bit of backstory of she used to work in Boston and something happened there and she was disgraced and had to return to small town, right? Normal trope that we've seen before. So she's returned to her small town and a couple little girls go missing. And so through this, she's trying to make some connections. There's an FBI agent in town um, who she tries to get a little bit of the story from and other things. And but essentially what starts to happen, she starts to unravel the story and it ties back to something from her childhood because she's from this town. And so it turns into not only do we need to solve where these two little girls are from the present of what happened to this little girl from the past and how are these things connected? So like I said, the story, it was unique. I mean, the flow was a little bit different. It wasn't necessarily the best book I've ever read, but it definitely, um, it was a good quick read. I think it would probably be kind of a good um, beach, you know, summertime series for people who like that kind of stuff. It wasn't 
super intricate, but there were some twists and things that I think made the story really good and kept it interesting. And it didn't enter in any of that, you know, weird crap that I don't like at the end where you throw a twist and it's like, oh, suddenly <laughs> paranormal. So I did appreciate it for that. I'm not sure I'm in totally in love with the main character, Laura. Um, she does seem like a very real character though. You know, she's flawed and definitely has some issues with family and relationships and other things. So, but it, it was definitely a good, um, a good book to kind of break a slump if you were in that, uh, or anything. So I'm not sorry that I read it, but, um, I did give it three stars. So kind of middle of the road for me, but, but I would recommend it if you like those kind of books. So again, that was Last Girl Gone by J.G. Heatherton. See, when you said weird, I was like, that's that's kind of strange. Like, Rachel doesn't usually like paranormal yeah. junk in her books because I just went there right away. She said well, dark know, and weird, I, and I'm thinking, that's our whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then when you're done, I'm like, that's not that dark and weird. <laughs> well, I think the reason it was weird for me is because the second that I thought we were going one way, we started to go another way and I'm like, wait a second. And so there was just like all these branches. And mm -hmm. so the story had a lot of different branches, but I was never confused if, but for me, it just, it kept kind of branching off, but then everything came together. But to me, it just read a little bit weird, but whatever, it was good. I gave it a three star. Some people would probably be nicer and give it more. Um, but we but, know you, Rachel. We know. I know I'm a mean bitch. And, uh, you're selfish with your star. You're disconcerting. I am. But like I said, I'm not sorry that I read it. So Awesome. Okay. Well, I'm going to go kind of in the same vein, except for mm. way, way darker. Yeah. I'm jealous. Mm -hmm. You stole my color. Yeah. Oh. Sorry about that. Okay. So the book I read is called Dead Simple by Peter James. The thing that I liked the most about this book is that I didn't expect how dark it was going to be when I started reading it. I just picked it up because it was, I like the procedural books, you know, where there's a detective and there's a series and whatnot. And they're just sort of a comfort read for me. But this one kind of broke the mold a little bit with how fucking creepy. Kind of like girl with the dragon tattoo. No, well, I'll explain. All right, the, the beginning of this book was about these guys at a bachelor party. And they have wow. all been known to play some pretty extreme pranks on one another during this time, okay? So there's four of them, I think, and the groom. I think it's this three. going to be like the hangover, huh? No. <laughs> so there are three guys and the groom. And one other guy who is basically the guy's business partner is on a business trip, and so he can't go. So you find out very quickly that what they're planning for him is really super fucking dark. They bury him alive. Oh, my God. That's not a prank. That's a crime. They bury him alive with, like, this breathing tube they they leave they leave his phone in there they leave a flashlight they leave some snacks and whatnot and they're fully planning to go back 
right after they bury him, they get in a car accident and all of them die. <gasps> oh, holy shit. Oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. So nobody knows where this guy is. Nobody knows. That he's buried? And, and it's like the day before or two days before his wedding. It is kind of like the hangover. Sort of. Yeah, it is kind of. Way fucking darker, though. So they're going to... Did somebody wake up missing a tooth and with a face tattoo? No, there was no face Tiger tattoo. Tiger in a bathroom. It was pretty, pretty <laughs> extreme. So all these guys are dead. And so basically, the oh. the there's this one... I think it's the tow truck driver's kid who is... Oh, it's a walkie-talkie, not a phone. That's right. At all. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, you learn that his fiance isn't really what she seems to be. So there's all this weird shit going on. It, it, is, it is a seriously twisted book. I mean, way, way worse than I thought it was going to be at first. I'm not saying it's perfect. Not by any means, but it kept me on my toes. I was completely entertained and completely surprised by all of the stuff that was happening. And I love it when a book does that because that's the whole point. It kept me entertained and completely distracted from my normal life. Holy crap. Does the guy get out of the coffin you want to know? Kind I'm, of. I'm not telling you. You're going to have to read the book for yourself if you want to know. And that was called Dead Simple by Peter James. Damn, it doesn't sound very simple. <laughs> right? I don't know if I would want to voluntarily be buried alive. He didn't voluntarily do it. Oh. They knocked him out. Does he get out? Who? She wouldn't tell us. I'm not telling you. Tell me. No, you got to read the book. No. This is why you should not plan stupid ass pranks without having somebody just tell me the end no what an to... asshole not doing it no i want to no you gotta He's read the book the fiance. i don't want and to. then there's a fiance and they're probably looking and they're looking at her for the dead dude or the not dead dude. or the one who's dude, out of town is glad that fiance's out of the way and he talks up they found fiance rachel's pissed at you i'm just saying I it's a really Rachel, we could find it's out. It's a really interesting us. and twisted look at... Tell me the end. No. <laughs> not going to do it. You can cut it out. You edit this. Why should Wait, I tell did... you? It was a good book. I want you to read it. Did you know that it's on TV? What? Are you sure it's yeah. the same one? Peter James. Now a major ITV series. What does that mean? What's ITV? It's probably um, Brit British. <sighs> Yeah, but if I read it, then I can't use it for the podcast. So I'm just wasting my time. <laughs> Since when is it a waste of time to read a good book? That's awesome. Fine, I'll fucking do it. Because I already got my book for tomorrow read and I See? need somebody else. See? God. And then, and then we can talk about it. And you can tell me how much you didn't like it and you're pissed off that I made you read it. I want to find it on TV and watch it. I want to go drive to Oklahoma City and slap Martha because she won't. <laughs> <laughs> that too. It wasn't my usual fare, so I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a nice, 
I swear to God, if I read this and there's a paranormal or something, there weird is no paranormal. I swear, I promise. That would be awesome. I promise. And then the ghost came. No, there's nothing like that in this book. It is not that kind of book. Twist is all humans. It's the Scooby Dooist kind of book ever. Speaking wow, of. Wow, all of Peter James' books, and there are a lot, all, they all have dead in the title. Yeah. Oh. Hey, this dead. book only four hours. I could finish that shit tonight. It's only four dead hours. Dead simple book four ending spoiler. Yes. No, okay, wait. No, I already, I used the credit on it. Don't tell me. <laughs> okay. I didn't give it five stars, but it was high. I found it highly entertaining. And isn't that the point? Those just scenes, saying. those scenes in the coffin, guys. I'm just Ugh. saying. For for those scenes alone, you gotta read it. I know how it ends. <laughs> it's not paranormal. It's not paranormal. I'm just letting you know the only one of you that I like right now is Bonnie. <laughs> Whatever. I don't care if the guy got out of the coffin to tell you the truth. Bonnie's <laughs> like one less stupid dude in the world. Right. Guy. One last frat you know guy. Last night, Tom had the audacity. <gasps> this motherfucker is lucky I didn't kill him. So he hey, can never he can never seem to shut the shower curtain. Never. Oh. And he got out of the shower last night. We were getting ready to go to bed. I said, Tom. Could you please? I said, you never shut it. And he says, that's not true. I shut it sometimes. I said, okay, maybe one out of a hundred. And he says, well, Matt's not really your strong suit, is it? <gasps> I was like, oh, crap. Call your mother. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm not bringing my shovel for that excuse. That is, I mean, it's bad, but it's not shovel worthy. I got you, Rachel. Uh, and I looked at him as I'm on the toilet pee, and I said, listen, motherfucker, I have eyes. And I don't need to be good at math to know how often you close the goddamn shower curtain. And he's laughing hysterically because he knew exactly what he was doing. And in that moment, I thought to myself, now I know why people yeah, either get divorced or kill their spouse. <laughs> That's a crime of passion right there. It is. That's a crime and of passion. And it's hard to explain, yeah. too. And no judge would. He insulted my math skills. <laughs> well, if you hide him in the crawl space, I know how to cover the odor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we got some skills up in here. I said, if you hide him in the crawl space, I know how to cover the odor. It's not shovel skills. worthy, but is it like pickup truck and pig farm worthy? It is. I'm not well, putting them. If you don't have a pig farm, we can order some of those beets. I think they're on sale this week, actually. Do they absorb moisture? Mm, we might have to throw some charcoal down there for that. Wait, does mm, charcoal help? No. You see, so baking soda? Yeah, a dump truck full of baking soda and some of them beads. Vinegar, make a big volcano. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the point, <laughs> We're trying to keep the stuff in the crawl space, <laughs> not I'm out. That's why we'll get caught. We're going to get caught because we're going to put the soda in there and Key's going to say, check this shit out. Hold my beer. <laughs> we're going to get caught because caught because Keith wants a science experiment. I'm trying to stay out of prison. <laughs> Why is the you, volcano Rachel? red? The volcanoes are cool. That'd be one way to <laughs> disperse it. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> 
It's like volcano. Why is your lawn so green? Well, I have this special fertilizer, you see. I keep it in you my crawl space. My Hold down there. That's gonna do it for three, three book, book girls. girls. Can't get enough of three book girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.